O Lord and leader of the house of Israel, you appeared to Moses in the fire of the blazing bush and gave him the law on Mount Sinai. We pray that through these words, your living word might be heard, a word that comes to redeem us with your outstretched arm, your arm of grace. Amen. So this week, we end our four-week sermon series, There's Something About Mary, All About Mary, the Mother of Jesus. So far, we've hosted a revelatory vision featuring Mary as a cosmic woman. Then we experienced an angelic announcement. Then a visitation where a fetus recognized another one and said, that's the guy. It's been a wild ride these past four weeks. But this week, we're introduced to yet another Mary, Mary the Revolutionary, Mary the Enemy of the State. If that seems strange to you, please let me explain. Today's scripture passage is a song, one that's traditionally called the Magnificat. Magnificat, which is the Latin word from the first line of the song that says in English, my soul magnifies the Lord. So it's Magnificat, it means magnify. You may not know this, but the Magnificat's been banned by several governments in history. During the British rule of India, the Magnificat was prohibited from being sung in church. It was also banned in Guatemala in the 1980s, and the military junta that ruled Argentina from the 70s through 90s outlawed any public display of Mary's words. And notice, too, that it's not communist regimes or Islamic republics. All three regimes were Christian. These were all Christians banning scripture and banning the mother of the Lord from praising the Lord in church. Seems strange. To know why they banned it, though, all you really need to do is read it or sing it, because it's all about the world getting turned on its head. Mary sings about her soul magnifying in the Lord, that in this new baby in her womb, somehow the unseen creator of the universe has come into focus, magnified. The hidden God has become visible. But it also comes as, as a surprise. He has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant, she sings. You remember Mary's lowliness in the eyes of the world, just another nobody, just another unwed, pregnant teenager. 
but God has somehow chosen her to touch down in creation. Bypassing the emperor, bypassing the wealthy, the powerful, and the deeply religious, those who the world normally looks to for solutions. Not Rome, not Jerusalem, not Silicon Valley, the stock exchange, or even the Pentagon. Instead, God's hidden saving work comes into plain view in a baby bump. And not only a baby bump, but a baby bump on a bumpkin from backwoods nowhere. Say that three times fast. Baby bump on a bumpkin from backwoods nowhere. Beware. People like Mary aren't meant for this kind of love, attention, or greatness, at least in the way that the world looks at things. Mary knows this is a topsy-turvy choice, but the upending of things won't end there. That's just where it begins. This baby's going to turn everything over. For he's shown strength with his arm, she sings. His mercies for those who fear him, but he's scattered the proud, in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones, and he's lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Because of this baby, Mary sings, everything that stands is going to be overturned. God has flexed his muscles. Those who are proud will be scattered, made humble, while the humble will be exalted. The powerful kings, governors, dictators, and presidents will be laid low, while those who are helpless and exist on the margins will be lifted up and given a seat at the table. The poor who work their fingers to the bone just to eat will stuff their stomachs till they're sick. While the rich, the tax collector, the merchant, the high-powered executive, they'll be grabbed by the ankles, turned upside down, and shaken until every last bill, every last coin, and every last offshore account drops from their pockets we're good. In a country like India, with its rigid caste system where the lowest rung of people are called untouchable, you can see why flipping the pyramid over might be threatening. And in countries like Guatemala and Argentina, which were ruled by military juntas who disappeared people for agitating for the huge poverty-stricken underclasses, you can see why singing a song about pulling the powerful from their thrones might make somebody at least a bit nervous. It's kind of like those great hope-stoking protest songs of the 60s, like, We Shall Overcome One Day, or A Change Is Gonna Come, or The Times They Are A Change In. Because if a different world is possible, 
people might get hopeful. And they might stop passively accepting the world as it is. And they might start trying to change things. So it makes sense why this song would be banned. It was banned because, really, it's dangerous. It's dangerous because it provides a vision, one that suggests that the way things are isn't the way it's got to be. A different way is possible, a world turned upside down, set right, and made new. That's what's dangerous about this song. But you know, there's a couple of major differences between the Magnificat and the way we usually imagine future hope and overcoming injustice. And you know, for the English major in me, I got so excited. Because the difference is all in the verbs. You may not get as excited about verbs as I do, but it's all in the verbs. In the Bible, pay attention to the verbs. They're the most exciting. Notice the action. Verbs are action. Action in Mary's song. And notice who's doing them. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the powerful and lifted up the lowly. He has, he has, he has. Who has? God has. God is the agent. God moves first. When it comes to the coming of a whole new world, etc., it's usually the outcome of something we've got to do, right? Something we have to create, like call to arms, place your vote, protest, start a revolution. But here, it's he has, he has, he has, he has. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. He was talking about the inevitability of good overcoming evil, even when things look bleak. So to take Mary's song seriously means to believe that the universe bends towards the goodness of love, meaning we don't have to bend it that way. It's already stacked against evil and injustice to begin with. The future is God's doing, not ours. But goodness is a matter of going with the grain of all things. Getting with the program that's already begun. Rather than working against it. Okay, so that's the sec first difference. The second difference is this. You'll notice that God is already at work in this song. It's not just a beautiful dream that somebody had one day with flowers and rainbows and sunshine and unicorns. God's the actor. And it's not only going to happen one day, but it's already begun. 
It's more like a change is already coming. Or the times, they have already been changed. Or God has overcome today. Please, I'll copyright those for future use. The great preacher Fred Craddock says that so sure is the singer that God will do what is promised that it is proclaimed as an accomplished fact, already done, already in the bank. Mary sings this song because that's the promise hidden in her womb. It's the promise of the coming of Christ. The promise of Christmas is the promise of a whole new world, one that's already on its way. The train's left the station. People get ready. For those of us here who are poor, beaten down, and oppressed, for those of us at the bottom of things like Mary, this overturning is pretty good news, of course. But what about the rest of us? None of us here are ultra-rich, powerful, or elite, of course, though if you are, please let us know through the offering plate later. <laughs> Leave some indication that you are one of the world's ultra-rich, powerful, or elite. But the promise of the gospel is an overturning of all things. It's all things made new, not just social structures, but the human being and creation renewed forever and for good. All of life passes away. We know this. All things grow but then they die and fall. Everything we know, whether it's the order of the world with its wealth, its power, empires, economies, or whether it's personal, the products of our pride, our selfishness, our addictions, or our self-justifications, whether it's on the large scale of currencies or public policy, or the small scale of the individual human heart. In one way or another, we all work against the grain. We all cling to and resist God's will for the world. And all these things, says Mary, all these things will be torn down and taken away from us. You know, this song's dangerous for us, too. Because it means our lives, too, will be turned over. In fact, they already are, whether we like it or not. It's dangerous, it's scary, but believe it or not, it's good news for us too. There's a story about Archbishop and anti-apartheid activist 
Desmond Tutu, one I've probably shared before. It's you know, worth sharing 100 million times. But during the darkest days of apartheid, the South African government tried to shut down opposition by canceling a political rally. So, Tutu, being Desmond Tutu, and an Anglican bishop called together a church service instead. And the cathedral was filled with worshipers. Outside the cathedral, but outside of the cathedral, hundreds of police gathered. An obvious attempt at intimidating the people who were gathered in the cathedral. And as Tutu was preaching, these armed policemen, these soldiers, entered the cathedral with their guns and they lined the wall from one side to the other and the back side too. But Tutu would not be intimidated. He preached against the evils of apartheid, declaring that it could not endure. Its end was inevitable. And at one extraordinary point, he addressed the police directly. You are powerful, he admitted. You are very powerful. But you are not gods. And I serve a God who cannot be mocked. So, since you've already lost, since you've already lost, I invite you today to come and join the winning side. I invite you today and come to come and join the winning side since your side has already lost. It's already over. Now, uh, that's faith. You know? Magnificat, Mary-like faith. Tutu knew that he has scattered the proud and thrown down the mighty. Tutu knew it was already done. Tutu knew that the fact that God holds the future, that the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice, was a source of courage. He had faith that no matter how long, how hard the struggle would be, it would not be in vain. And the good news, here's the good news. For those soldiers doing the oppressing, it was good news too. Because it meant that they could let go of their racism. They could give up their violence, their pride, their hatred, their struggle to control, and they could embrace their enemies as friends without fear. Because God had already won, it was only a matter of time. And that's the same proclamation of good news to all of us, too, issued forth by Mary's dangerous song. In our poverty, our suffering, we are being lifted up 
Yes. But we too are being freed from clinging to the old world and the old ways. We're being freed from our greed and can begin to learn the way of generosity. It means we can let go of our pride and our self-centeredness and start giving in to humility and love of neighbor. It means we can start to leave our addictions, our petty fears and hatreds behind and instead give ourselves over to the release of forgiveness and the joy of unconditional love. The proud have been scattered, the mighty thrown down, the rich have been sent away empty. All these things are being taken away from us because God has already won. So we might as well join Mary in singing this song. Because according to Mary, according to the Christian vision for the future, God's already set this in motion with Christmas. Because Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection, is a sign that points us to this truth. It's a signal. It's an arrow. It's a sneak preview a trailer for our eternal destiny. Everything in our world's being turned upside down. The world of injustice, hatred, and fear is being torn down. And like the baby in Mary's womb, there's a new Christ-like world being born in its place. So, friends, brothers, and sisters, we might as well start singing. Ooh, we got close to an amen there. <laughs> we might as well start singing. We might as well start letting down our defenses and start dropping our resistance to the God of justice and grace. Because it's a losing cause. It's a lost cause. God's already won. Love wins. Love is our destiny forever and ever and ever. The train has left the station. And there's no going back. So we might as well give up. We might as well give in. We might as well repent and believe in the good news. We might as well join Mary at the manger, and we might as well join Jesus on the way. Amen.